Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the White Boy Brief Podcast, episode number 70. We are here. It's just your main two. No third person today. Nobody wanted to join us. We also didn't ask anybody to join us today. (laughs) No. Um, But coming off a crazy weekend down in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Pearl was competing in the powerlifting, USA Powerlifting Raw Nationals, uh, which just means no penguin suits to help you with your lifts. And uh, it was a very surreal experience. She absolutely crushed it. It's crazy looking back on it, thinking that, I believe it was Courtney was just like, hey, you should try powerlifting, you're really strong. And we entered a local competition. Local competition got us to states and states got us to nationals. And being there on the big stage with all the lights and, and shit was pretty damn cool. And uh, she was super nervous before about her first back squat because she's never gotten a good lift on her first back squat in any of these these competitions that we've done and she freaking nailed it and it was was just easy like you could see the complete mindset shift she was in the zone and having fun and it was just awesome and the only coaching advice that I gave her before I was like have fun and be in the moment because opportunities like this don't come all that often and just take it all in it's your stage and she nailed it and then we think we're not positive, we think, because they haven't officially updated the stats yet, but she should hold the American record for deadlift in her age category. Oh, sick. Which is pretty badass. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Were there were there other women in her weight class that were different ages? I think they were all about the same. Oh, cool. Yeah. The cool thing about nationals was there's so many more people, so like you're not mixing age groups and and weight classes like they do at a smaller meet yeah it was just like she had three people directly that she was competing against and then two people were a little bit out of reach but once we got to the end we were a whole lot closer to those two other people that we thought we were a little out of reach from yeah than we expected oh nice and it was pretty damn close so was there anybody like in their like 60s or 70s lifting yeah so there was one woman in her 70s and she was hitting American record after American record Mm. and um, it was just so badass she was like 70 something year old grayed out but just lifting heavyweights I love that it was so cool I wish those things like even masters for like for CrossFit I wish I wish that it got more attention just because I mean it's it's amazing yeah and uh, one thing that I realized is uh, powerlifters don't like CrossFitters all that much um, we suck at math, and that was pretty prevalent. Math, like going to kilos? Yeah, holy shit, that was hard. I, uh, I had my cheat sheet, and I'm trying to warm up Pearl and everything, and, like, I don't know what I did. I have no idea what I did, but we were warming up the deadlift, and I was like, all right, Pearl, this is like 285. She goes and she lifts it. She goes, that felt really heavy. And I was like, well, you know, we've been lifting all day. That's probably pretty normal. And I was like, all right, let's bump it up over 300 for this next one. And I was like, this is 305. She lifts it and she goes, that felt really heavy. And I'm like looking at it and I look back at my cheat sheet and I look back at the bar and I'm like, ah, I think I messed up. (laughs) She's casually pulling 400. And she looked at me and she goes, what is it? And I go, "Mm, 365. (laughs) (laughs) It's her third lift. And she's like, Jesus. And I was like, I'm sorry, but we're a lot closer to where we need to be now. And that's good. Um, And then the bench press. So they had the big, robust clips that weigh 2.5 mm-hmm. kilos. Yeah. And it turns out I've been putting them on backwards this whole time. So I put it on backwards, and then I turned the thing yeah. to tighten it up. 
And, you know, being a CrossFitter and how strong I am, I tightened that thing down real hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pinned against the plate and it got stuck. So I grab a couple people. I'm like, hey, someone put this thing on and it got stuck. I can't get it off. Do you know how this works? And then all of a sudden there was like four dudes trying to take this thing off. And I just slowly stepped out of the equation. <laughs> what but, is it? Who is it? Homer that backs up into the... Yeah, that's what I did. 100%. <laughs> but like that, we needed to get one last lift in before she went out on the stage. And we couldn't get the weight off. So we couldn't change it to what we wanted to do. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Pearl, just hit this. And she does it for one. And it ended up being her second round weight that we planned on hitting. So she's like... Okay, well, I already hit my second one, so this should be a breeze. And I was like, yeah, we got this one on lock. Total confidence going onto the stage. Did you have your own bar to warm up, or were you sharing with, like... No, that was a shit show. So um, I compare power lifters in the warm-up room to dogs pissing on fire hydrants. And they're very territorial. Yeah, I So I went in, and, like, I noticed very quickly, obviously not being the size as most of those power lifters, I had to spread my peacock wings a little bit and, and get some attention because nobody was giving me the time of day. So finally I saw an empty bar and I go over there and I just sit on it. And this guy comes up, he's like, I got four lifters here already. I'm like, all right, bro, my bad. And then I went over to a different one and I just sat down on it and people started coming up to me and they're like, hey, how many lifters do you got? And I was like, well, it's just us, you know, as long as you're cool with it we're fine but make sure we get our warm-up lifts in so we yeah. had like a group of four people that we were warming up with that were outside of her cool. weight our weight class yeah. so they were lifting much heavier than the people in her weight class they were on a different platform oh. which i think was really cool because she didn't have to be around her competition she didn't have to see what they were lifting yeah, that's good. and also she was lifting with people that were lifting way heavier so like as she was warming up it got the juices flowing oh, to be cool. a little bit more confident and there was this one dude there that was coaching a girl, and I was like, dude, you look wicked familiar. I was like, are you from Mass? And he goes, yeah, but I've never competed there. I've never done anything there. I've never coached there. He's like, I'm from L.A. And I was like, that's so weird. But he ended up being from Massachusetts. But he was a super nice dude, helped out a ton. They understood. How do you even, you didn't even find out? I just you? saw this arbitrary guy that I thought looked familiar, and I asked him if he was from Massachusetts, and he was. But there is no other connection whatsoever. You didn't? Did you ask, John? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you, I. You don't even know. Like, you, this could have been someone that you like saw at a competition, or someone no. you saw at Target. No. no, no yes. Like, like yes. He, it could have been someone that I saw at Target. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, I what asked if him. He knows someone that CrossFits. Did you ask that? Uh, I feel he, like you would have said that because I had my CrossFit area shirt on. But I was like, dude, you look really familiar. And I was like, were you at States? And he goes, I've never coached or competed in Massachusetts in like the last 15 years. Maybe. So I'm wondering if I like played football against him in high school or something. I don't know. You don't even know his name? I uh, said it. And I asked Pearl, I go, what was his name? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't you remember. follow him on Instagram or you've seen him like in a video or something. Maybe. I don't know. That's so weird. I do feel like if you live here, though, you kind of like you just know. I think I feel like we all kind of just give a vibe. Yeah, yeah. But. It was just it was a very weird interaction. And then um, they were super nice, super helpful. Powerlifters have a specific way of loading their bars, which I fucked up and learned pretty quickly. But like, they put the numbers on the plates of the first plate inwards. Mm -hmm. Everything else after that needs to be outwards. 
And then they don't refer to the plates as the number kilo that it is. They refer to it as the color plate that it is. So you can see see how that went to shit for me real quick. And they asked for something and I put it on. He goes, no, 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 not that one. And I go, sorry, I'm just a stupid CrossFitter. And like no laugh, no chuckle, just looked at me and walked away. (laughs) That sucks. But... It was, it was quite the experience because, you know what? Screw all of you. We placed third place, and I'm just a stupid <laughs> CrossFit coach. So what do I know, right? What do I know? Oh, my God. But I was, like, so happy for Pearl. Like, she was just, you could tell she was just having fun. Good, yeah. And it was a blast. And that last lift where we went over 400, she came off into the backstage. And I was like, all right, listen, we could stick to the game plan and go 396 or we can finish this competition with a deadlift that's over 400 pounds. I go, it means nothing. You've already locked in third place. There is nothing else that we need to do here. This is like a gimme to go for it. And she goes, it means nothing. I go, it means absolutely nothing. And she goes, screw it, let's do it. Yeah. And then she comes back off that last lift and she goes, I think I had 10 more pounds. Oh yeah. Easy. All of her lifts looked like she had 20 plus more or 10 plus more pounds. Easy. It was wild and we just, celebrated after went out to dinner it was such a good time for her i was super happy um memphis mm, wouldn't recommend one out of ten stars (laughs) (laughs) it was uh it was sketchy um food was all right i don't know yeah they have a drag racing problem really yeah it kept us up all night oh wow like 1 a.m not even like nice like not fast and the furious nice but like shitty car with the muffler cut out oh god loud shit yeah. i never i never would have guessed that it sounded like a war zone but you know it was whatever it was an experience yeah. um and i'm not good at travel plans so nobody <laughs> let me handle the travel anymore because we pulled an all-nighter and drove back to nashville and it was a mess but whatever great weekend um and i think she's coming back tonight so oh she's still there no no no. she's home but i think she's coming back to the gym oh, tonight. okay yeah yeah um but anyways Topic for today, what we wanted to get into was essentially our coaching internship program. Um, As a lot of you may have seen, there's been a few people shadowing classes and watching and getting feedback and making lesson plans. And, you know, you might have even seen some people trying out whiteboard briefs and warm ups and stuff like that. And, you know, we just kind of wanted to go into the details of what we do for a coaching internship program. Just so everybody here at the gym knows going forward what we put into developing coaches for CrossFit Aries because Mm -hmm. it's much different than anything else and we put a very high value on it because, you know, if we do bring in somebody new as a coach, we want to make sure that they are up to the standard that we have for coaching so that anytime any member comes in here and they see a new face coaching that class, they're not just thinking, oh, well, it's not John, Kristen, or Kyle, mm-hmm. you know you're going to get exactly what it is that we're looking for every time. And if it's not, we're working that feedback to make sure that it's getting up to par so that you know that that experience is there. Um, but the people that you might have seen as of lately, uh, Nick Martin, Eric Foley, and Tyler, um, all have been coming in here, some in the afternoon, some in the morning, and doing lesson plans and shadowing. And Nick Martin actually did his whiteboard brief last night in the afternoon and I had him go through the pre-workout but just to get there he's been doing shadowing and feedback and you know interactions with you via email 
yep. for three, four weeks now? Yeah, three. I mean, he's been doing three, two, two classes like multiple times a week, so it's over ten classes that he's shadowed at yeah. this point. Yeah, he, he's been able to dedicate a pretty decent amount of time to it in the morning because he is free. So he's gotten a lot of stuff done in the last three weeks, more so than your normal person going through the internship yeah. would get. Um, and we felt as though he was ready and getting out on the floor and, and giving that a shot so that we could take it to the next level of feedback. Um, but anyways, I'll go through just kind of the brief steps of the internship program and then you can kind of get into details because what you've been doing in terms of email and feedback and mm -hmm. running that whole thing and making sure they're getting the knowledge that they need has been freaking fantastic and I think everybody should know what that looks like. Um, but in terms of where people start, so if if someone expresses their interest in coaching, we kind of throw it through a feedback loop. Would they be a good fit? Are they ready to coach? Do we have the capacity to take this many people through an internship? Because yeah. we can't just do everybody. It would be way too much and we want to make sure that we dedicate the right amount of time to individual people. And then you know, next time when we decide to take on more coaches, we either have a bank of people that have expressed their interest or we put it back out to the, the community to see who's interested. But for this time, we took three people and essentially it's three parts. So part number one is shadowing, where that person will figure some class times to be either with myself or Kristen and sit off to the side and they will just watch everything that goes on in that class, but watch it through a different feedback loop, not as a member, but as somebody who's coaching. Yeah. So they look at the group management, they look at how we run things, how we formulate our lesson plan. And those first couple classes are really like looking at our lesson plans and seeing them unfold and how we do things and how much more goes into it than the naked eye would actually see. And then once they start doing that for a little bit, we have them start formulating their own lesson plans. So we'll give them the workout and the goals and whatnot, just the normal stuff that you post for each and every one of us as we start to get prepped for our class and then they start to make their lesson plans and they submit them for feedback mm -hmm. via email. And then once they do that, they do that a few times, we start to get them to think about cueing and the movements that we have in class and how you would correct different things. And you've been doing the pop quizzes, which has been great, yeah. pertaining to the class that they are, are shadowing and you know different faults that could specifically happen and how you would fix them. Um, once they get through that shadow program or portion, I guess you'd call it a stage, which is roughly anywhere from five to 10 hours of doing that, uh, then they'll start to move into assistant coach role. And this is where we have them actually get on the floor while we're there with them and do pieces of the class, such as the whiteboard brief, the general warm up, the specific warm up, coaching the workout, anything like that. So basically what they're doing is acting as an assistant to us and we're letting them get a little taste of different pieces of the classes so that they can see what went well, what didn't go well, they can get feedback from us and then start to develop these different pieces individually so that it's not just thrown into the fire in class all at once. Is that, that's, that's what I did, is that what you that's did? That's what yeah. I did too. <laughs> and there's a better way to do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, as much as it worked and it was good and I learned a whole ton, but there's a better way to do it. Um, so once they do that for five to 10 hours, then finally the last stage is coaching where we would be sitting off to the side, not acting, I guess, kind of in the assistant coaching role, but more so evaluating them as they do the class and writing down feedback and then reviewing directly after that class with what went well, what could have been better and different things like that. And that's again, 
another five to 10 hours. And then all of this whole process is a process developed to make them better, find where their weaknesses are, find what they're good at, but also it's an evaluation because we tell everybody, hey, just because we're going through this doesn't mean that it's a sure shot, right? right? It could not be a good fit at the end. And, you know, we make that very clear in the beginning, no harm, no foul, we'll go through it, we're gonna teach you to be a coach. And, you know, it's not no forever, yeah. it could be something in the future, but, you know, if we get to the end and we feel like it's a not a good fit for, you know, the gym and what we need and, and the CrossFit Aries experience, then we'll say that and we'll, we'll postpone it to a further date if they're still interested. Um, but then at that point, everything goes well and we feel like they're comfortable. You know, whether they have their level one or they don't have their level one, they'll either get that or if they already have it, then they'll be introduced to the schedule. And those first couple classes, first couple months will be a lot of evaluation to really dial things in. And then they become part of the staff. Um, so that's kind of a rundown of everything that we do for that internship program. And in terms of the details in coaching development, that is all Kristen. Um, so what she'll do is give them a lot of feedback via email on their lesson plans and quizzes. And um, I'll let you talk to that a little bit and what you've been doing for this first stage for, for uh, everybody. Um, so if we're like initially when they're just shadowing, not so much like a lot of email communication, that's more like in person, but it could be like, oh, why did you cue this person this thing? Or why did you do that? Like, that's the kind of questions that I want. I hope that the person that's watching wants to know why we're doing things because again, I want them to be attentive. I would say if you're even considering being a coach now to start even just watching the coaches now, like just when I, even before I had started coaching, I watched a lot of that stuff. It just really interested me. Um, so I'd say if, if that's a thought that you have in the back of your head of eventually trying it, I'd say try and look not only like be, be present in class, but also see like where we're coming from. And um, don't be afraid to ask like why we did something. Cause again, we want, I would, I love nerding out on coaching. So mm. the more questions, the better. So um, as they're shadowing, writing down questions, I just want to make sure that they're like, paying attention to like, oh, why we did this warm up or like making, why did you do a break here? Why didn't you take a break here? Um, why do you have the room set up like this? Things like that. Things that you in the class, not even going to think about. Like I'm going to make sure that nobody, if they drop their barbell, is it going to hit anything or anyone? Like I want to see running pass, all the little things that people don't know that we're doing. Um, that just takes practice. So like those little tiny things. And I hope that as the interns go through the process, they're picking up on those. Um, and then once they start writing class plans, um, they're going to find kind of their own style. Like John and I were very similar with how we set it up, but like, if you look visually on a piece of paper, it's very different. Cause so I'm encouraging people to find what's going to be best for them that when they're in class, they could walk over, look at that paper really quickly, know what they're doing and then go back if they have to. Um, so seeing a class plan, um, I want to see like their whiteboard brief. I want to see their general warm up. Like if like with yesterday we had the push press, like what kinds of movements you would put in the warm up and why, um, general. So, and then specific warm up. what kind of movements are we warming up for? cues, faults that you could see. Um, and then if there's a post or pre-workout, um, like yesterday we had a pre-workout with the box jumps and the med ball throw, and then like making sure that we have a cool down. So like really teaching people to figure out 
how to fit all of that in there because it's kind of like Jenga. Like you start with one thing, then you build on top of it, and then you go, wait a minute, I don't think I'm going to have enough time for this. So then you have to work around it. Oh, I gave too many breaks because if you do that, then you're going to lose attention of people in class So because we want to keep them moving. Um, so what I'll do is I'll look at the class plan and then I'll look at any notes that they have and just give them... Um, either be like, hey, I, like, I really like I stole Nick's warm up the other day. I kind of did a little bit of a tweak, but I was like, I really like this, so I used that. Um, and then, or like, hey, this cue, I don't understand what that means, or like, um, why did we put this in here? Or hey, we've only done like ten reps. Like, are you, how many are you calling out? How many is the class doing on their own? Um, making sure the timeline fits, like I'm adding up the math to make sure the math is mathing um, and that you're filling that 60 minutes. Um, so again, it's like really going in and like looking at the minute, like the minute details, but then going from that piece of paper, like you don't write out your whiteboard brief. And now you have to go from like writing that on a piece of paper to actually verbalizing it. And that can be tough because you're like, oh yeah, I just like read the three things. I read the stimulus, I'm done. And then next thing you know, you're talking about 10 other things that you like didn't mean to talk about. So it's really trying to teach people to stay on task. Cause like I explained this to like Nick the other day is like, I'll literally be mid whiteboard brief and then my brain will just go squirrel and I'll start thinking about something else and then I lose track. And it still happens 10 years in of like, like I get so excited I want to say time. all the things um, and then you forget what you're doing you know and it happens and some days you just feel like a million bucks and other days your brain's just tired and you can't really it's hard to stay on track for a three minute whiteboard brief but um, so I mean there's just it's really it, it for me it's trying to find a balance of not overwhelming the interns with so many things but like just giving them little extra nuggets. So like when I did, I just randomly wanted, I was like, I'm gonna do some pop quizzes. So I messaged um, Nick and Eric and was like, hey, here's some faults. I wanna see what, I wanna get your brain going because class plan's one thing, but I wanna, I want you guys to like be prepared for things that you might see during class. And then I was like, hey, just like, how do we reset a barbell? How do we re-rack that? Like little things that you don't think about you're like only thinking about the push press itself. But it's like, no, bringing the bar back down is just as important because someone might have stiff legs and they're just like crashing the bar into their front rack. So like little things like that. Um, but my goal is to get them to find, find themselves on paper with a routine of how they want to write their classes out. Um, get them to think outside the box occasionally and then I don't want to overwhelm them too much because again, it's a learning process. You're, you might not truly find yourself as a coach until you've been doing it a year where you really start to feel comfortable and you're like, this is, I, I feel comfortable being like this kind of person. I'm, I'm going to ask them this every class and I'm going to be this type of, I'm going to yell this loud and really trying to find your voice. Um, but I want, but I also want to make sure like I'm building confidence in them too, because again, it's scary, especially like for me, I never wanted to talk in front of people <laughs> growing up, but now I do it for a living. So, um, I, you know, I, I want to still be like, I want to encourage people that are going through the internship and be like, I really liked this. Maybe we can try that. Cause again, there's so, there's a lot of little tiny details that you don't realize until you're in it. Yeah. Um, so it can be overwhelming, but I mean, that's like, 
the nutshell of the stuff that I'm doing, at least right now. For sure. And I think it's important to stay true to, it's important to not change the person because Mm -hmm. that feeds into the class experience. You get that person's vibe. And I think it's super important. But at the same time, understanding the why behind things in the structure Mm -hmm. so that you can apply your individual personality, but also understand why we do things so that whether you come to 5.45 or 6.30 at night, you're getting the same experience in terms of what you're getting out of that class, but you might have a different vibe between coaches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything that we put into this, there's a reason why people come back to us all the time when they do a drop-in and they're like, whoa, like what the hell was that? Especially if they've never dropped in. It's like, this is how serious we take this stuff to make sure that, you know, our coaches understand the why behind things and think outside the box a little bit and make sure that we're teaching the right things and you know maybe you don't add something like re-racking the bar from yesterday into your specific warm-up but knowing that so if you see it you can go over there and correct it and save somebody from complaining about their wrist or something later yeah. on yeah and you know having all of that in your back pocket it might not be included specifically for that day but you need those tools in your tool belt to be the best coach that you can be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not kidding when we say world-class is kind of our standard because you can feed that through. All right, was that world-class? Yes or no? No? Okay, what could I have done better? And, yeah. you know, we still give each other feedback all the time mm-hmm. on trying to be better. So it's a never-ending journey, but, you know, it's, it's super important and all that stuff. And especially understanding the why. Because um, a cue that I used last night was a little bit unconventional, but I had a reason for it. Mm -hmm. So in terms of teaching people to dip and keeping them upright, most of the time when we do a movement pattern like that, people will default to a squat because we do it way more, Mm -hmm. right? And then the chest will dive forward. And you would put a bit of feedback in, I believe it was Foley's lesson plan Mm -hmm. um, about the dip and making sure that there was no muted hip. Mm the cue that I used yesterday was when you dip down, I want you to push your knees and your hips forward. Now, saying that, mm-hmm. my thought process was very similar to put your weight in your heels for a squat, right? Our goal is not to lift the toes up that far, but it's to get people off of their toes. So where I see it all the time when we do a dip, people will dip down and push their knees forward, but they also get their hips way back and their chest falls forward. So where I went with that was, okay, push your knees and your hips forward. It was much easier to correct the muted hip fault in the small amount of people that had it Mm -hmm. rather than the vast majority of people got their hips directly underneath and down on their heels where I wanted them. So it was just kind of a strategy and understanding why, where he came up and asked me, he goes, well, why did you do that when, you know, this was the feedback of what Kristen was looking for? And I go, 100%, that's what we're after, but I know all of these people and what their normal tendencies are and if I can get them to think about it a different way weight in your heels push your knees and your hips forward and then there's two people that have a muted hip rather than all 14 people dove their chest forward in class and I had to spend time correcting all that and getting them to think differently yeah it was a much more efficient way of going about that to get people into the position that I wanted so I mean that's a perfect example of understanding the why and then it it was something that I tried I didn't know if it was going to go perfectly but it actually worked really well so I kept doing it throughout the day and you know if everybody looked like a fucking doing the limbo or something (laughs) when I first did it I'd be like all right that one's out not going to use that anymore yeah but it worked very well yesterday and everybody was very very much upright 
in all of their dips. So it's kind of understanding the why and the ins and outs of what we do and people learn differently, right? Yeah. And you have, especially in the afternoon, people that just got out of work, you know, something might not make sense. Like, what can I do to make this as simple as possible and get people moving in the right way? And then save some time on the back end of corrections that I need to make where the faults are egregious in the other way. Yeah, I think with the cue, when I've done those little like quizzes or even looking at cues and faults that have come up in the um, lesson plans, I don't want to say that every cue is bad. Like, I don't want to tell somebody that because, again, that cue might work for someone. And I'm all for an, in, like a new coach. Try it. Try the cue. Right. Because you'll learn quickly if it's going to work or not. Yeah. And, or you'll learn, like, you'll figure out, like, that cue works for this type of person, but not for, like, this one's much more, like, they can hear you say it, but you have to visualize, you have to show somebody else that. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to tell someone that it's a bad cue. I mean, there's... You know, if you tell someone around their back it, when they're doing a squat, I think that's a bad cue. Yes. But um, if you're, so I mean, I, I try it. And again, it, it might not work for 10 people. That 11th person that you didn't even think it would work for, it might work for them. Right. Um, so not only are you learning multiple cues for, mul for the same move, for the same fault, but you're learning different types of athletes and what they respond to. So you're... Your, our brains are just a giant Rolodex of like, all right, I did that one, flop, 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 all going through like the pages and then being like, oh, well, I, mean, I haven't tried this one in a while. Like this person usually does this. And you're like, okay, so like you purposely went to like certain people, tried it and knew that if you needed to, you knew a direct cue that could fix it because it's, it probably worked on them in the past, but you know how their body works. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I think... Those are those little things that are tough to teach. Like we can give those little nuggets, but you're just gonna you have to be in it. Like right. as much as like somebody can write a lesson plan, you have to just doing it is where you're really gonna understand and it really yeah, again, really understand like how hard it is. Yeah. Um but also how rewarding it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the value in what we're doing through this internship process is getting them to think a little bit deeper mm -hmm. into coaching and what that actually looks like to do it very effectively. Because we could very well say, hey, watch a couple classes and then you're on the floor yeah. and then let them learn on their own. But like having the ability to get feedback from you, get feedback from me and tap into our minds a little bit of how we're thinking about doing different things yep. because we do things totally differently. And, you know, when someone sees me do something and here's my reason why and then sees you do something, here's your reason why, that's the biggest piece of it is understanding the why. Right. Because if you take something that you do that's completely different than what I do, but then you ask both of us what the why behind it is, I bet you'll find a little bit more consistency yeah. in that explanation. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the right cue is the one that works, yeah. right? And it's going to be yeah. different. And the more that you can understand that there's so many different ways to go about it and skin a cat and everybody's going to need something a little bit different until it clicks for them, that's what's going to make you a really good coach, an effective coach. And then just understanding the class experience too. It's like we want people to come in here and have the best hour of their day. Like simply put, yeah. like it needs to be fun it needs to be loose but it also needs to be effective in getting them better at the end of the day when they leave here and you know people that go other places and drop in and see how other classes are conducted they see that very quickly that it's yeah. like okay maybe it's fun but i didn't really learn anything or maybe it's 
not fun and I didn't really learn anything or like what the hell just happened yeah like that was crazy and then they start to see you know the things that we actually effectively put into class on purpose to make sure that that's what it is I think what we do the best here well one of the things that we do the best here is that we you can tell that we care because of how much we're engaged mm-hmm. and we're, it's like when you go to a drop-in and you have the coach like do their thing and then they're just like standing off to the side holding their pvc just leaning and staring at everybody we don't do that we're oh, moving around constantly talking to people constantly we're like asking questions checking in like i'm always like looking at people like being like hey you're like giving a thumbs up midway through a workout knowing that they haven't been in in a week like we're doing the things on top of the things that like we not only hit we're hitting that minimum requirement but we're going like 800 million miles above that mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing that i don't see because i've been to drop-ins where i i'll talk to the coach when they're like oh hey you're dropping in where are you from oh cool and then i don't talk to them again they don't come in at all they won't check in with you after that unless you go seek them out um and i think that's crap yeah. like and i know for a fact like you myself and Kyle, we don't do that. Like we're constantly engaged the whole time. And that's something that I would want anybody coming through the internship to do. And it's like one, check one off the box. Like, do they care? What's their why? And like, that's the biggest thing is like when they're out there, I want to make sure that they still are showing that they care, staying engaged with everybody um, and continuing the interactions through the whole entire class. Yeah, that that's a super big part of it because, you know, when someone thinks that they want to coach, my guess is their initial thought is, oh, that looks really cool. Like, I can coach CrossFit. But, like, what you don't see is every person that walks in here on any given day could have had the worst day, the best day, mm-hmm. a hard week, a hard month. Maybe they haven't been in in three weeks. Maybe they're hitting their goals. And, like, as a coach, you need to be ready, prepared, and have the desire to help that person with whatever it might be and be there for them for whatever it might be and it's like you're gonna hear a whole bunch of different things and like it's stuff that you don't realize and I watched something on Instagram last night it was a video where a guy was talking and he's like your CrossFit class your CrossFit coach aside from your boss and your family Mm -hmm. you probably spend the most time with yeah. And that's a huge impact on somebody's life because, you know, outside of work, which is eight hours a day and then family life, which is, you know, another whatever it is. If you're coming in here pretty consistently, we're spending like close to 300 hours with these people on a yearly basis. Yeah. And that's a lot. So to be fully prepared and ready to listen to your members and what they're going through and what they bring to the table. And, you know, a lot of it might catch you off guard. But yeah. if you have that basic bare bones desire to be a good coach and care about everybody that's in here that is what you need as that prerequisite to be an effective coach aside from all of this really detailed stuff on how to conduct a really good class yeah and if your your mindset and your tendencies and your your desire and your why isn't aligned with that it's just not going to be a good experience you're going to get that coach that reads the whiteboard and gets people going and is just there for the hour right that's it and that's not what we do because it's not world-class and you know when people come in here we want to completely change their experience of what fitness should be Mm -hmm. and you know give them a community and you know people that they can have fun with and shit yeah mic drop mic drop (laughs) um but 
anyways, that's essentially the internship uh, process. And we wanted to make everybody aware because, um, you know, I've had people ask me when I'm coaching in the past and different stuff like that. And I just want everybody to be completely aware of the new faces that might be coming in and potentially joining the staff. This is what they're going through with us prior to even getting to that point where you see them as your coach. So I want everybody in this gym to feel super comfortable that, you know, when there is a new name or a new face on the schedule, that they are still coming in here and getting the CrossFit Aries experience for every single one of their classes. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that's going to be different that, oh, you know, I didn't have this coach or that coach or they're not coaching. No, like this is the rigorous process that we're putting people through to make sure it's a good fit for this gym and to make sure that they can continue helping every member in this gym going forward. So, you know, if there's any question in your mind as we start to add to the staff or anything like that, just know in the back of your head, you know, this is what we're doing to make sure that our staff is literally the best Mm -hmm. anywhere. And, you know, we'll put it up against the best of the best. And I guarantee you that we'll win because I like to win. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm excited. It's been fun. There was one other thing I wanted to say. I can't remember. Oh. I know what I want to talk about. Oh. I want to talk about the scandal that's been going on at CrossFit <laughs> Aries. And I also want everybody in this community to know that along with world-class coaching comes world-class detective work. Yeah. And if you don't think we're looking into this, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I have video footage. We have logical reasoning to limit and narrow down who yep. these suspects are of mm-hmm. not only little ducks, but giant ducks now. Duck, and duck I will tell you that if you think that you were being clever with a big duck, you're wrong because it takes a big bag to get a big duck in this gym. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm scared that there's going to be an inflatable duck or something soon. It's Although just going to be. I would love that though. But. In it, all right. If there's a giant inflatable duck in here when we walk in, it's Carl. Because Carl's been coming in at crazy hours <laughs> of the night. But I don't think it's Carl. Uh, but if somebody pulls off a giant duck like that. It would be awesome. I. I don't understand how. I, that would just be beyond my brain because we know when people are coming in here for the most part. Yeah. They're like, the yeah, most, I wouldn't understand. The most baffling thing to me is I get the small ducks. That's easy. You could put those in your pocket. But the big duck, there's not much that gets by me in this gym. Like, I see everything. I know everything. And well, to not know that that duck came in here... <laughs> And then to go to the bathroom before I left last night at 8 o'clock and see that duck staring me in the face with the hat on blew my mind. So, I'm if you're out there, <laughs> if you're out there and you know anything about this scandal, please contact us. Any information would help. But yeah. if you don't think we have a, a, a what are those, um, mind boards? Like they do in the uh, oh Netflix yeah no we're specials. gonna yeah I'm gonna I actually have to go pick up some yarn and we're yeah gonna there's out photos, some photos there's yarn suspects. we are we are narrowing this we're thing. gonna have timelines everything you will not get away with this you know it might not be today might not be tomorrow but we will find you <laughs> for sure and I think at that point I will give you a fist bump for executing yeah that's pretty epically. 
because this is this is mind-boggling. I at mean, this point. ironic kind of. Oh, we could just fill up that little gap right up there. Just fill it with all like the big ducks. Oh, the duck won't fit there though, but that'd be fun. Even oh, the, I hope there's one up there now. The details of the numbers on the bottom of the ducks to drive me just that much more crazy, <laughs> and wonder <laughs> if there are 79 other ducks in this gym right now, is 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 good. You are. I hope. You are not a rookie. I will put it there. You are not a rookie <laughs> with whatever you're doing. Um, but anyways. Guys, tell me who it is and I won't tell him. Tell me who it is. I swear to God, if the whole gym knows and I don't know, I'll be, uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I'll walk out. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. You'd run. I'd run. And then come back. <laughs> um... But anyways, that is our podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions on the coaching internship process, uh, let us know. And we'll be back at you in two weeks with Mm -hmm. another killer episode. And as always, not that you'll listen to us or act on the the request, but if you have any topics that you want us to cover or if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you. We'd love to talk about it. Later, everybody. See you.